Hey, how are you? Do you sell playing cards? Thank you. I was in San Francisco, preparing to make the 19-hour train ride back up to Portland to learn card counting from one of the world's best blackjack players. Great, have a good day. I was going to stake my last few hundred dollars for the trip in a casino and hopefully take the house for all it was worth. And my education had already begun, using that most modern form of communication. The voice note. So we've got to take advantage of the fact that you're on this train for all those hours. We've got to get you something to work on while you're doing that. So better than a book, I am going to tell you in a minute or two how to count cards. And the way you do that is to take one card out of the deck and then flip through the rest of the deck, counting cards as you go, and then come to the end and tell yourself what that last card is and see if you're right. In short, the system uses a mental tally, which lets you keep track of how many high or low cards are still in the deck. The more low ones dealt, the more likely high ones are yet to come, which is when you bet big. And here's the thing, the cards have a, a value. It's very simple. Two through six, they have a value of plus one. So every time you see one of those cards, you add plus one. And uh, seven, eight, and nine have no value. So every time you see those cards, you don't add anything. And if you see a 10 or an ace, and a 10 includes jacks, queens, kings. So one of those cards is worth minus one. So you start your count at zero, and you just start going through the deck. And you get to the end of the deck, and, and, and you have the count. It is that simple. In two minutes, you now know how to count cards. Whilst that might be true, keeping it all in my head was a whole other ball game. Minus two, minus one, minus two. It's going to be tough with the small amount of time you have, but you really kind of need to think about timing yourself, counting down that single deck and getting it under 15 seconds. For context, I was taking 45 seconds. I'm regularly under 11 seconds. And, uh, you know, in my past life, I was even faster. But as I boarded the train and the hours slipped by, I began getting quicker. It was both mundane and exhilarating. Just as the numbers in my count would blur into one and begin to lose all meaning, I would find myself in the zone for just a few seconds. Zero, one, two, three, four, three. I counted until my brain couldn't tell the difference between three, four, and five. Until my wrist ached from flipping cards so quickly. And by the time I reached Portland, I could count down the deck in 30 seconds above what I needed, but well on my way to giving me an edge over the casino. Plus one, ace, I got it. So uh, blackjack is a game, as I think you pretty much know, where you're trying to get closer to 21 without going over, and you're trying to end up with more than the dealer has. It was the next morning, and Daryl and I were at his creaky table to run through basic strategy. We talked for hours, so I'm not going to include much detail. So it turns out that if you know exactly the right way to play, and I mean, like, based on your two cards and the dealer's up card, there is a correct way to play that if you know nothing else. It's called basic strategy. And uh, there's a little chart. They have them all over the Internet. Sometimes they're wrong. 
but basically, I think we found one, right? You, you found one and you sent it to me, and I said, yeah, that's a good uh, general basic strategy chart. And then it's a matter of memorizing the exact place. So, um, so we'll just like deal some hands here. There's seven against a three. Mm -hmm. So you hit it. And now what's that? That's an 18 or an eight. That's correct. It's an 18 or an eight. Yeah. Easier way to say it. It's a soft 18. Soft 18. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What's extraordinary is once you tie all this stuff together, basic strategy, counting cards, with all of the distraction and the noise and people asking questions, it's extraordinary testament to kind of what, it's always a performer you have to be as well. It's almost like that, yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's totally connected, those two, those two things. Although I never was much of a performer on the blackjack table. You, you know, I just never considered any of the other people important. I just considered them uh, cartoons. You know, the, uh, the dealer, the pit bosses, everybody. I just thought they were cartoons. Don't bother me, I'm doing my thing and it probably wasn't great for me because it probably looked like I was working sometimes when I should have tried to look like I was having fun I mean we, we, did, we were pretty we were pretty hardcore back then in the in the beginning you know we, we just it was just a, it was just our little video game you know we would go into a casino and you know I worked with people that put a baby diaper in a purse and when they needed to get people off of a table, they just put a baby diaper in a purse and went down and sat down there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's a nine, you're hitting it. 13, yep. hitting it. 14, hitting it. Yep. 18. It's 19, but oh, close. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like it's slightly more within reach than learning to count cards really? quickly. Down to 15 seconds? Yeah. Huh. But who knows? I mean, I mean, if we could get you to be able to walk into a casino, count down a deck, and when it gets good, you sit down and you make your bets and you play your hands and have an edge, that would be kind of remarkable, right? That would be, that would be a cool thing. You know, you will likely be the best blackjack player in that casino. <laughs> well, other than me. <laughs> so that's you know I mean I think that's something I think that's something right that's not nothing yeah you want to deal to yourself for a little while yeah that kind of thing with the, with those new ideas and you are you are on your own you got one deck of cards here you got your chart thank you so much <laughs> minus one zero minus one zero one, and so three, I spent the rest of the one, evening zero, counting to one, myself like zero, a madman. Two, three, two, one, two, one, zero. So this is, you said, the beef liver. That's the beef liver, yeah. The next morning we shared a breakfast of coffee and beef liver. Uh, well, I hope you get a good piece. Some of them are, you chew, if, it's, if it's chewy and weird, you just go on to the next, you throw it away and go on to the next piece. Hmm. And the conversation turned to how Daryl would keep his identity secret when we went gambling. He's banned from every casino in the world. So you think you're going to wear a baseball cap or something later? Yeah, I'll definitely. I'll wear a baseball cap. I might wear different glasses. My best disguise. I was maybe about your age right now, and I um, I got my teeth changed. I had its teeth put in. I got a mole. On my cheek taken off 
Uh, I had uh, brown contacts, turned my eyes brown, curled my hair. I had a fake beard because at the time I couldn't grow a beard. This is all for the benefit of fooling the casino. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This thing I'm going to show you paints quite a picture. Daryl pulls out his phone and brings up a photo from the 80s. Wow. <laughs> the dark goatee. Oh, and I've got, uh, I've got makeup on my skin to make I it I was going to say, yeah, you've, yeah, that's probably quite on PC now. Yeah, people thought I was like, you know, half African-American. Wow. And later that day, we sat down for our second session. There's a bit of mic handling noise. Sorry about that. Stand. Yeah, 17, hard 17. When do you hit that? Hard 17? I want to say never. That's right. Yeah. Didn't get me that time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Now let's, um, let's count this. Oh, no. Yeah. So you start at zero. See, so what's the count? Count is one. That's right. Plus one. Dealer doesn't have blackjack. What would uh, you like to do, sir? Uh, hit. That's right. 14. 14. What's the count? Two. That's right. I realize this probably means nothing to you, but for me, it That's was right. thrilling to keep up with Daryl uh, as he dealt the cards. Up here at plus four, now we're at uh, plus three. That's right. That's good. If you think they're on to you, if they, you know, if, if they can tell you're counting cards, do you change your behavior in any way? I mean, I know you're a pro at that. Well, it, you know, there's, there's so many things that go into it. Is this a, a place you want to come back and play in a lot? Is this a place where they will beat you up? Is it, you know, it's like, you know, there's all those questions. So you have to ask yourself all those questions. And in some cases, if, if you really think they think you're counting, you're just out the door. Mm -hmm. And in other cases, you just don't care. Yeah. Yeah. And how does it usually happen? The hand on the shoulder or... How's it usually happen? Yeah, a tap on the shoulder. Yeah, that's the most common. <laughs> the old tap on the shoulder. I remember I took a, a woman friend to Europe when we went to play uh, in uh, Monte Carlo. And um, we actually had pretty sophisticated uh, footwear. We had computers in our feet. And she did not know I had these computers in my feet. But I warned her, you know, we might be asked to leave. And, and, and she says, well, Daryl goes on to tell a story about how he and the woman he was with were asked to leave the casino in Monte Carlo. But I was fixated on what he just said. A computer in his feet. Had I heard that right? What did that device do? What was it? Oh, it was a non-random shuffle machine. You know, we would play a hand and the dealer would move those cards over into the discard tray. And um, I would tell the computer what cards were sitting there in the discard tray. And then the dealer would bring that big stack of cards over and start shuffling it. So it's a non, if that shuffle was non-random, the computer could tell you pretty much what cards were where. And how are you feeding the information to the computer? Binary uh, switches up with your big toe or down. This is in your shoes. Dude, I, ha I have the shoes. You know, it's so funny. I, I had, they were away in the basement for, you know. Daryl disappears and returns a moment later with a pair of brown leather Oxfords. So we made these. We, we bought a real pair of shoes and then with box cutters and um, epoxy, 
we cut these shoes open and there's the buzzer and there, oh, there's the computer. Wow. I, I mean, I didn't even know that was in there. This is like some James Bond stuff. It, it is. Yeah. So you travel around the world and. Oh my God. So you, yeah, so you got the up and the down, you know, this is the dealer would shuffle them and you would tell the computer what the dealer was doing. He's always oh, picking 32 cards off of this stack and he's picking 37 cards off of this stack. Okay. Now he's shuffling them together. And, and then at the end of that, when the dealer's done shuffling, the dealer hands you the pack to cut and, and the machine would tell you, cut it 74% from the end. And then we got very good. We practiced these cutting a lot and we, you know, never missed by much. Never missed by much. And it's telling you to do that through the vibration. Yes. You know, it was, it was really, it's quite homemade. The best story is uh, when my friend Craig, um, who these are his shoes, actually. He was my partner in all this. And he was cutting open the bottom of the shoes. You can see all this epoxy here. So we had to cut a big hole in the shoe. And Craig was like this. He was, you know, the box cutter was facing him and he was pushing very hard to cut this very thick sole and he slipped and he just went right into his chest with the box cutter and um, hit a bone. We were at our condo in Las Vegas and he was like, wow, you know, can you, uh, can you guys drive me to the uh, emergency room? And I don't know how this happened, but somehow the to the two people there that were available to drive him to the emergency room said, "No, we got we got to play at Caesars. You know, we're on our way to a place." So he took a taxi to the emergency room. This was your partner Craig. Yeah, it was an exciting moment. Are you still in touch with him? Oh yeah. Do you ever still play together? No. No, we we kind of went on a different different paths in the last uh, certainly the last uh, twenty five years. I wonder what he tells people the scar is from. Huh. All I know is that he was watching. After we wrapped up our session, I went back to my room to look at my dwindling finances and work out how much of my remaining budget I was prepared to put on the line. So I'm sitting here looking at my bank account and I have decided to risk $500, which is £383. So... To put that in perspective and quantify that, I have $625 budgeted for the rest of the trip, nine days in LA, which is not a cheap city. So why would I put that much on the line? Well, I want to stress that it's not a small amount of money to me. Um, Whilst I'm not overly cautious with money, I'm certainly not reckless with it either. But I wanted to risk enough that the emotion will be real. I think that's really important for this exercise. If I double it, I'm going to be absolutely thrilled. But if I lose it, it is really, really going to sting. Uh, And I'm really going to notice that. So that's how I've landed on 500 as a figure. And God willing, the cards will be on my side. We were in the car on our way to the casino. And Daryl was testing me on basic strategy. What pairs do you always split? Pairs I always split. Aces. That's correct. And eights. That's right. And that's it. That's it, okay. What are the two pairs you never split? 
tens yes. and fives. That's right. Very good. Very good. And then briefly, since we haven't covered it, what is expected value? You know, most people think it's like black and white. You win or you lose. But gamblers and mathematicians think in terms of expected value. Like, what's your expected value to if you do this thing in blackjack? What's your expected value if you hit? What's your expected value if you stand? What's your expected value on this hand? And it's almost always something, you know, that just seems stupid to most people. Like, maybe you have a, a half percent advantage on this hand, but it means that in the long run, you bet $100, you're gonna win 50 cents. That's your expected value on this hand if you have a half percent edge. And Hearing all of this, it was beginning to dawn on me just how hard it would be to turn my $500 into 5,000. But I wasn't going to let myself get cold feet. I'd done the work and it was time to put it into practice. Everything about the place was engineered to get you excited about winning. The distinctive opening to Money by Pink Floyd was playing over the speakers as we walked in, and the casino floor was like a piece of immersive theater with sounds coming at us from all directions. I can feel the energy in the air. We began by heading to a table with a low minimum bet of $5 a hand. The sound was recorded discreetly on my phone, poking out my top pocket, so you can't hear much of the dealer. Uh, five and 25s. I'll be back here rooting for you. And after I sat down and bought some chips, she began dealing the cards. Can I double? Following basic strategy, I played a few hands, never daring to bet more than the minimum. Some I won, others I lost. And yet, I came away $15 up, feeling like a total hotshot. That was a thrill. All right, good job. <laughs> we found another open seat this time with a $10 minimum. Can I jump in here? But the odds quickly turned against us and I walked away with a small loss, taking a moment to double check the count with Daryl. What was the count when we left the table? Minus seven? No, it's all I had, that's, that's... Yeah, cool, cool. We went from table to table looking for an open spot before settling at one with a $15 minimum. And after several hands of the count hovering around zero, it began creeping tantalizingly up plus two, plus three, plus four. Things were going well, except for the moment everything I knew went out my head and I tried to double on a 20, which, as you can hear by the reaction at the table, is a bad idea. A double? Yeah. Oh, I can't. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, no, I'm going crazy. Yeah. But even though the count was high, I was still nervous about increasing my bets. Then I felt Daryl nudge me in the back. Go for it, he whispered. I made my first $50 bet. Bust, I lost it. Oh no. Still good, Daryl said. I pushed forward another 50 and lost again. And yet Daryl encouraged me to keep going. This time I pushed forward $75 and held my breath as the cards were dealt. Oh yeah. <laughs> the dealer bust, I won. What followed was a flurry of bets. 50, 75, 50, win, loss, win, win. The count was high and something told me I was about to get lucky with Lady Luck. I pushed forward $100. 
the dealer dealt me a jack and a queen against their six. And then she drew a five. I watched in horror as the dealer pulled my hundred dollars away from me. You can't hear it, but Daryl says, brutal. That was brutal, yeah. Still reeling from my loss, we got up from the table and made our way back to the car. Oh, we got very unlucky. You got very unlucky on a couple of those hands. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, well, well, she hit that 16 with your biggest bet, I think. Mm, she well, hit that 16 with a five. With a five. You know, you, you were automatic with the hits of the stiffs against right. the big card. You were just right. You were just, it, was, it surprised me. And you added them up quickly, too. You hit a, a nine and you got a five and you just kept hitting it yeah. really quickly. Yeah. So I've lost 52 50. 52.50. I can handle that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> a little excitement for 52.50? Yeah. You actually bet 100. I was surprised. You know, I was sort of like confirming for you, yeah, it's a good count, and you knew it was a good count, but I, w I didn't expect you to go over $50, and boom, you putting $100 out there, you chunker, you. <laughs> <laughs> and as we returned to Portland, I reflected on the intoxicating and often risky thrill which comes with gambling. Right, so uh, what I found kind of terrifying, just as an insight into the way humans can think, is that at some point I lost the count, and yet I still won just through luck. And... I could feel for a moment this little tinge of just fuck it, do it again. You're on a winning streak, even though <laughs> even though I knew, you know, you just have to trust the math that there was still it appealed to some part of me, the little thrill, the little adrenaline boost, and that's so dangerous. That's how they get you. Yeah, blackjack and methamphetamine. You know, it's like <laughs> it is. There's some. There's some serious chemistry when you start putting money on the table and they start taking it or paying you. Some serious chemistry going on up there. Well, thanks for that. That was a great experiment for me. Totally fun. <laughs> you did great. Okay, let's go hear some folk music now. All right, that sounds like a plan. Okay. Morning. Hey, good morning. How you doing? It was the next day, and we were sitting down for one final chat. How'd you sleep after your big uh, adventure in the casino? I did have some strange dreams, but not related to gambling. <laughs> yeah, you were able to see, I think, um, the part about how easy it is, actually, to just learn how to count down a deck. Mm. And I don't know if you saw... Did you get a sense of how hard it is to actually sustain that and and make a living at it i think i don't i don't think you saw enough to actually really know that but no i probably didn't but i certainly got the reality that it's not this it's not this atm machine but it was a thrill and for me the the thrill actually came from counting good job yeah in the in the field you were counting cards in the field speaking of dreams you know when people first start counting cards often they'll have that card counting dream where they're just going plus one, plus two, plus three, plus two, minus four, um, and, and, and can't stop. It's a bad dream. Mm. It's not a good dream. That's like a metaphor for gambling addiction, really. You just <laughs> right. can't stop. Oh, maybe, perhaps. If you were giving advice to your 19-year-old self starting out counting cards, what would you, what would you say? Say, go to college. Really? Yes. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, uh, I'm the same age as uh, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates. I, I had I was bright. I went to Las Vegas. They changed the world. Every day I yearn for you. It was time for me to leave Portland for the second time, to begin the 31-hour train ride south. I had traveled three and a half thousand miles over 11 weeks. With a thousand still left to go and only eight days remaining, I was pulling out of my final station, moving slowly towards my endpoint, Los Angeles. That's next week on the last episode of this series. See you then. Off the Beaten Jack is produced and presented by me, Jack Boswell, with music by Simon Boswell. This episode was recorded in Portland with special thanks to Daryl Purpose, whose new track you're hearing now, Song of Crows. If you like this show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Appear into fields golden rod where the hallelujah wind blows. Sometimes I think I Dream of you and angel wings, and all the kids were still just kids back home in Casita Springs. My old voice was young and strong with hunger and desire just to be back.